and welcome to Idiots Talk History. I'm your host Matt, and with me, as always, are my co-hosts. First up is Lorna. Hello. Innis. Hello. And we've got a special guest, it's Dan. Hello. I would say Dan really weird. <laughs> um, does anyone want to just explain what the show is, quickly? Go on, Lorna. Go on, Lorna. <sighs> you got a smile I have on to do face. the most talking. All oh, right, okay. Go on, I'll do it. Okay. Um, this is a podcast where we talk about topics from history. So um, we take turns to do a report and it might be something that's well known, but we try and um, shine some new light on it or something not well known that we try and inform you of. Brilliant. Anyone got anything to add about that? Um, topics vary. Very much um, so. It's based on facts with speculation just to fill in. in the gaps. Yeah. yeah Especially if Dennis is doing, doing the it. Report. Yeah. <laughs> Today, uh, the report is from Lorna. Yes. How is everyone first? Good? Mm. Classic mm-hmm. good? Yeah. Good. yeah. Yep. Got any more updates on anything? No? No. We just celebrated Easter early with an egg hunt. Oh, right. Yeah, we did. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Easter will have been two weeks ago for all you um, listeners. But, um, but happy Easter. But happy Easter anyway <laughs> and happy uh, April. Um, should we just start doing the report? Lana, do you want to begin? Yes. So um, I'm going to be talking about Elvia Carrillo Puerto, but I think that's meant to be pronounced Elvia Carrillo Puerto. And that is what you said, isn't it? No, I said Carrillo. Oh, That's okay. how it's spelled. And her brother Felipe Santiago Carrillo Puerto. No, Spanish. I know. It, how, how good of a name is Felipe? It's just, <laughs> just good. Um, so I doubt any of you have heard of them. So Elvia was born in Yucatan in Mexico in 1878. Mm. And she's known as the Red Nun or La Monja Roja. And she helped propel feminism to the forefront of Mexican politics in the early of 20th century. 20th century. Um, and I don't know if any of you know, but um, Mexico was like a centre of feminism after the revolution, which I wasn't really aware of. And the Mexican revolution is a topic for another time. It's quite complicated, but this is about two people after the revolution. Sorry, can kind you in it kind of can you briefly summarize a revolution? Right, so Mexico. it started I think in about nineteen ten and it was um oh it's real hard to explain. So it was like um they they'd had a dictator in power and then there was an uprising from um I think the army and then this might all be wrong and then there was it ended up splitting and the, it was like guerrilla warfare so the people in the like smaller towns and cities were all encouraged to start uprising and revolutions and then it ended up there was like four different centers like four different leaders who had different power and there was just a big struggle for power for quite a long time like game of thrones never seen it so i don't know oh those think... poor gorillas <laughs> i know i was thinking that i look in your eye i can see you on that joke <laughs> They were people. Um, <laughs> so, people too, no. Elvia dedicated her life to fixing the injustices caused by gender inequality, and she founded feminine resistance organisations like Rita Satina Gutierrez League. So many long names. Yeah, mm. and this one was named after a former teacher and mentor who was a poet and early feminist, and she taught um, like girls like Elvia ideas of equality between the sexes. Um, she worked as a socialist and a feminist, and she opened Mexico's first secular school, secondary school for girls. Um, so that's, and then she formed like a literary society. So she's like quite a big figure as well. So she'd be interesting for a topic. Um, 
so she, Satina, who was Elvia's former teacher and tutor and like her inspiration, she left a lasting legacy to the feminist movement in Yucatan and throughout Mexico. So Yucatan's a part of Mexico. Mm. Um, so Elvia's role in creating a feminist centre in Yucatan could not have been possible without her brother, Felipe. Um, on February the 1st, 1922, Yucatan's newly elected governor stepped out on the balcony of the government palace overlooking Merida's central plaza. He began speaking in the Mayan language and was the first governor in Yucatan's long history to deliver an inaugural address in the language spoken by the majority of the citizens, which was Mayan. Oh, in, in Mexico. Yeah, so this was Felipe. So he went on to be the governor and that's why he's so influential in upholding oh, like Elvia's feminist Felipe's ideas. Felipe's his brother. No, Felipe's yeah. her brother. Yeah. Right, so he's become the, yeah, in, what, the governor? He, the governor dog. of Yucatan in 1922. So is Yucatan like Lancashire in England? Yeah, I think so. Like, like <laughs> maybe a county. A county or a state. Yeah, I yeah. think so. But, so the Mayan, is that not still the um, the language of Yucatan today? Oh, I don't know. I thought Mayan was an ancient... Yeah, but in, in when's this? In the 1900s? 1900s. 1922, but... they were speaking Mayan, the majority of people, apparently. So... I, I assume before that it was Spanish. Like, he said that for the first time he delivered a speech. Yeah, yeah. Usually it would be in Spanish. Yeah, so he spoke yeah. in Mayan, which a lot of the people liked. He won the election with 95% of the votes. Whoa. Um, and it was probably the most democratic election in the state's history. Mm. Um, he promised radical changes in the way the government would be working and promised to be a force for social change and to value work above capital. He promised workers the rights to the land and to what they harvested while challenged them to take responsibility for learning their rights, overcoming their exploiters and not wasting their hard-earned money in cantinas. So he was like, he had these really big ideas which people loved and then he spoke in Mayan as well, which they liked, but Felipe and Elvia's father claimed to have like Mayan roots, so that's how he knew Mayan. Right. Um, Normally, when you win, when you have ninety five percent of the vote, it tends to be like very undemocratic. Undemocratic, like but it Putin. was. Yeah. Tends yeah. To, yeah. Um, <laughs> tends to be yeah dictatorships. So, but it sounds a bit like, what is this like socialism that he's aiming for? Or what? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. Um, Question. Right. Um, so yeah. So what time around was this? Like nineteen ten was a revolution. When was this <laughs> this, uh, this was election? Nineteen twenty-two. Oh, wait. So how old were they? You don't. You're not giving us any ages. When were they born? She was born in 1878. Oh, I saw that. Ah, so I mentioned ages. Oh, she's and stuff in a little bit. How old is she now? Oh, Curry, she's forty-five. She's dead. Forty-six. Oh, she's dead now. Thanks, <laughs> Al. No, no, they were like in the forties. But um. Mm. Yeah. Are they twins? I imagine that as well. No, no, I'm going to get onto that. Okay. So I was just giving you a flashback because I said her brother was a governor. No, I said her brother was like influential in a feminist yes, success, did. and then I was giving you a flashback to why he could be. Oh, right, could now. be influential, and now right. I'm going back but in a second. A, she's a nun. No, she's known as the red nun. The red nun, but she's we'll not. get onto she's that like a nun. horror film no. figure. <laughs> so that 1922 was a flashback. We're now heading back to. Well, yeah. it's a flash forward, isn't it, then? Where are you going back to? Well, we're flashing back from now. <laughs> flashing back from now, but we're flashing forward from And then I'm going to flash when... back from then oh, again. Right, okay. The whole podcast well, is, is a flashback. This is a very confused podcast. It's like Inception. <laughs> yeah, it is. Is that no, all a dream? Yeah, I don't know. Oh. It's all a dream. This podcast. Mm. <laughs> right. Well, <laughs> so whilst he gave his speech in Mayan... Oh, yeah. Uh, 
He's accepted his governor's role. <laughs> yes. He's given his speech in Mayan, and Elvia was listening, proud and optimistic. Um, she thought that Felipe's government could mean progress for her cause. And here we go. Elvia was 40 on inaugura- inauguration day, and she was the sixth of the 14 ch- surviving children of Justiano Carrillo and Adela Puerto. Oh. Um, Wait, surviving 14 children? Yeah, they had 14 S- survive children. Survived what? The rest died, in this. <laughs> like well, childbirth, all, I guess. Or, no, yeah. but they've all died, haven't they? Like, did yeah, they but die? I mean, no, I mean, like, like, at a young age. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. But 14 um, survived, so they must be like, popping them out, aren't they, quickly there? That's a lot of children. Yeah, no, six survived. Out of 14. 14. No, she was no, the sixth no, 14 or 14. Survived. Well, how and many did they have all together? Or 14, so. <laughs> so. I don't know. It weren't grandma like one of 13 or something. I imagine now one of seven. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, so it's a big That's family. It's very different, seven yeah, and 13. And also, yeah, it's half. if 14 survived, how many did they have? Exactly. Yeah, I, have. I, know, I don't know. I don't have them figures. But that's like one a year, isn't it? Four, 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 14 for 14 years. Yeah. <laughs> it was a bit of a struggle to find any information on Elvia because it's all just about Felipe. But I wanted to chat about her, but then I couldn't chat about her without mentioning her brother, mm. which is why it's a bit of a pod about both of them. So she was a sixth child. What was he? <laughs> Just, I don't know. Was he older? Was he, he younger? Was, she was seven years younger than Felipe. Oh, okay. Oh, that's all we need. So he was probably the first child. Second for me. He yeah. was the first of nine sons. Oh. oh. Nine sons. Okay. So, right. Elvira, <laughs> <laughs> she was 40 years old on inauguration day. She'd been married at 13, widowed 10 years later, then remarried and soon separated from a fellow political activist. So that's in her 40 years. Um, she was seven years younger than Felipe and she and Felipe had been inseparable as children and had grown to be trusted political allies so now I'll just give you a bit of background about Felipe because Brilliant. I could actually find this stuff whereas yeah. all I know about Elvira is the vague thing that she was born in 1878 mm. Felipe was born in Motul in, on the 8th of November 1874 and he was the first of nine sons oh so they have him one a year he's four years Wait, that doesn't yeah, make sense though. Because now it seems seven years younger. Right, obviously my sources are unreliable here. <laughs> I'm not sure what the age. Let's just say six years. I did, six years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, six I did years say older. it was a struggle to find things about Elvia, so now they all seem to be wrong. Mm, good start um, to the podcast. Their father was a middle class cabinet maker, merchant, and rancher, a civil leader who developed some local political connections in the 1880s. Um, Felipe and Elvia learned to speak fluent Mayan from their playmates and from their nurse, Chrysanta Chale. Um, their father claimed, Maya ans- claimed Mayan ancestors, perhaps even the legendary opponent of the Spanish conquistadors. I've said that wrong and I can't remember. I it's conquistadors. No. That doesn't sound right, does That's it? That's the word conquistadors. Con- <laughs> it's con. Conquistadors. 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 Nachi Kukum. That's the Spanish conquistadors. <laughs> <Nachi> <laughs> um, after completing only a primary education, Felipe found various jobs. Um, and he later became deeply troubled by the conditions he saw on the Henniquen Haciendas. He went to the jail at the first time at the age of 18 for protesting um, against someone who wanted to erect a fence that would block access to a Mayan village. Um, and he started a crusading newspaper, El Geraldo de Motul, and was jailed for provocative reporting against Henequineros, which I'm assuming is like landowners and like rich people. 
don't know though. No, I didn't look that up. Um, we had Haciendas in Manchester. What's a Hacienda? I don't know. I just know the Hacienda was a famous club in Manchester. <laughs> you mm-hmm. all know about the Hacienda. I've heard of it. Um, but anyway, this shows he was like he was troubled by society and was like quite active. Um, political activity during the election of 1911 nearly cost him his life. So there was an election in 1911. Can we guess how it nearly cost him his life? Go on then. Political activity. Yeah. So was the election for a a bad guy? Well, in his yeah. eyes. Yeah. So if we said that in 1922 it was the most democratic election there'd ever been that probably says a lot about how mm. undemocratic it is and also he's been doing this newspaper which is condemning a lot of people who are in mm. power and have money so yeah. he's I, a bit of an enemy i think that someone's like broke into his house and then like took him abducted him he's kidnapped, been kidnapped until the election's over but he escapes to sell what he was kept in a little hot he was kept in this is very in, in, uh, in southern Utica, what's it called? Yucatan. 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 <laughs> Yucatan, not Utah, Yucatan. So he's kept in a hut in southern Yucatan for about 10 days. He gets out, calls the nearest police station. No, he doesn't because that's corrupt. So he just goes on. Was it any of that true, Lon? <laughs> no, I got a bit lost, to be honest. It's a long, winding story. Don't tell it again, it's all right. I, I've got it all in my head, so if you need any. Dan, any ideas? Uh no, what what's yours? Probably just gets attacked, gets stabbed. By you? Because he, he nearly lost his life. Maybe ran over. Did he? Have, I don't know. Man, cars. Mm. Um, yeah, guns back then. I think a drive by. Yeah, someone driving past and shooting, and then I said knifed. Do you know the stabbed. answer? Yeah. Yeah. All oh, right. Okay. Um. So. He shot an assassin who was hired to kill him and he claimed self-defence and he was released after spending a year in prison having established a macho reputation, which I love. But it's a bit bad that he got put in prison when someone tried, was like hired to kill him. But, like, the police don't see it that way, do they? No. They don't see the fact that someone, this guy yeah, was like yeah. a hitman yeah. and then mm. just see so a Dan dead was body. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess the assassin drove in a car to... Um, So he survived this and then he was often attacked for his reporting and his political activities so he fled into exile twice and worked as a longshoreman in New Orleans. In 1913 he joined Emiliano Zapata and his revolutionary revolutionary army in the mountains of Morelos where he earned promotion to colonel within a year. So that's in Yucatan and Zapata was one of the revolutionary leaders of the revolution so how I said there was like four main parts of the revolution that were rising in the towns and stuff and there was leaders Zapata was one of them and he went on to be like prime minister essentially of Mexico for a little bit but I can't remember when it was but he was a main figure so he went on to join a revolutionary army Mm. Um, and what was his link to Zapata then? What they was just, they just meet him in the Felipe's, I'm I assuming so, but I think because he was um his political activities and his reporting against like the people in power, he would have known people anyway. He would have been like a good person to target. Because hmm. say say we didn't like the Daily Mail and we're writing about the Daily Mail, and then someone else don't like the Daily Mail, they're gonna be like, Oh, yeah. they're writing all the time about how they don't like the Daily Mail, let's contact them. Let's be mates. Yeah. Let's take down the Daily Mail. We're very impartial. Yeah, yeah, I don't mind it. Nah. Um, so, 
General, so he's now a colonel and he's been fighting in this revolutionary army. General Salvador Alvarado brought the Mexican Revolution to Yucatan in 1915. Um, and Elvia and her colleagues, aided by Alvarado's influential secretary, Hermila Galindo, persuaded the general to convene Mexico's first feminist congress. So Felipe's in the Revolutionary Army and Elvia's persuading this bad guy, I think he's bad, to have um, a feminist congress in Mexico. Um, so Alvi he was the general before and the governor before Felipe. Um, he, Alvarado, lowered the age of majority for women to 21 years. Um, the new national law kept it at age 30 until 1926, so women so in Yucatan. Votes. Yeah. Is that age of majority? Does that mean does that mean you can vote for that age? I think so. I don't. I don't know what age of majority means. Maybe yeah, the majority of women. Oh no, vote. they couldn't vote. Oh. It said, but women were still not full citizens since they couldn't vote or hold elected office. Drinking age. I'll find out. Sorry, the law. Lowered of the age of majority. Hmm. <laughs> this is when someone reaches the age where they're considered to be an adult. Alright. Oh, okay. So he lowered it to 21. twenty-one for women in Yucatan, but the national law, so everyone else in Mexico was mm. the age of majority was thirty. Until so does that mean that they couldn't? own land or they couldn't do anything yeah they probably couldn't buy alcohol i don't know if that was around no tequila for them um no yeah. smoking no they would have been smoking wouldn't yeah, they smoke yeah, like yeah i don't know what, what but anyway that's a good that's a good they thing weren't for... full citizens though until they were before this thing it was 30 if you were an, you were only an adult when you were 30 As a woman. yeah women yeah what about if you're a man don't know like 18 or 16 or yeah. something probably it's probably like you're an adult as soon as you're born oh that's a bit weird i still don't feel like an adult though mm. you're 25 years old soon to be 26 then you'll be <laughs> nearly 30 then really a oh, couple yeah. of years off 30. Yeah, you're in your late 20s, basically. Yeah, you are. I'm still oh early God. to mid-20s. You know, you're, mid, no, you're mid. You're not mid early. to late <laughs> soon. You're not getting nearer. You're never <laughs> getting close to early I mean, early 20s. to mid, though, and then after 25... <gasps> you're closer to 30 not, than you are 20. So are you, you're not going to be 20 again. No, but I'm closer to 20 than 30. No, you're You're saying that we'll never go back to being no, 20. No, I know, I understand. We're two, years, <laughs> we're two years away from 20, you're... You're you're mid. You're you can't you can't be early to mid at twenty five. You can't be early to mid. You're just mid twenties. Well, what's early to mid twenties then? It's probably twenty three and a half. There isn't an early to mid. It's early twenties. There's mid twenties. There's late twenties. Well, I'm not late twenties then. You're mid twenties. Yeah, mid twenty five yeah. until you turn twenty six, and then but that's if, still mid. If there was no mid, <laughs> then it'd be early, and Dan would be in late. We'd be early. Dan would, Dan be, would be in late. late. Yeah, yeah, twenty to twenty four. Then five to twenty nine. Yeah, so you're old. <laughs> Sorry to all but the, if you're a listeners. woman in Mexico, you'd be an adult first. So <laughs> oh yeah, you are. I wish I was a woman in Mexico in the nineteen twenties. You don't. Twenties. <laughs> it's the actual nineteen tens, isn't it? Yeah, this is the, oh, okay. this is nineteen so from nineteen fifteen. Flashbacks in flashbacks. Yeah, flashbacks. Confusing. I just really struggle because it's such a complicated topic without There's talking about the names. Mexican Revolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of names. Which as I well. think, if you had the understanding of that, would be okay. Mm. 
but we don't. We, we have a bit. I've tried. Yeah. It's just like it all was the other a big uprising. Really, yeah. I get it, yeah. A lot of people. People were angry and formed a big yeah. Yeah. revolution. Yeah, and I read this thing that said it's not considered a big revolution like um, Russia. Russian or like French or Cuban. Cuban. But apparently it was. It was really big. Oh. Um, so. American. Haitian. <laughs> Are you still going? Yeah. Right, okay. You got any no, more? No, I was going to say we we uh, in England we don't in, in Britain we don't tend to say we've had a revolution really since um, ten sixty six. Uh, I thought it was like fourteen something with the peasants' revolution. Mm. What about with all the? Um... Or maybe it's sixteen something. Was the gunpowder plot? The gunpowder. Was the gunpowder plot? The gunpowder plot was that a revolution? <laughs> uh, well, I think it was an attempted revolution, yeah, but didn't didn't pay off, did it? It could have worked, though, couldn't it? It could have worked, the, uh, yeah. the Catholics, wasn't it? It was, um, what's he called? Who? Guy Fawkes and his mates. Yeah, yeah. I've been to Guy Fawkes' house. In York, there's a pub now, it's called Guy Fawkes' Pub, and it's where he was born. Does it have his face on the outside? Not like a big mural, but like, what do you mean? Does it have a plaque? Yeah, it's a small plaque with like Guy Fawkes was born here. In. Do you know what? This is a fun fact. Oh yeah, <laughs> go on. Are you sure? Name, we'll maybe you we'll debate this. this. Do you know what name he uh, gave when he was caught under the uh, House of Parliament? It's uh, it's John Johnson. Well, yep, yeah, that's my fun fact. <laughs> Thanks for that. How do you know that? Just Both just up here. Up here for thinking. <laughs> I'm born with it. Yeah. <laughs> it's the first thing we heard when we came out. <laughs> so we were told. John Johnson. John Johnson. That's, that's just that's like, a panic. Um, John Johnson. Just <laughs> quickly, like, think of something. Literally, yeah. yeah. What was his mate called? Sorry, this is nothing <laughs> to do with the Mexican Revolution. I don't know. I never. Oliver. Uh, I watched it with Jon Snow in it. Oh, I didn't watch that, no. There's still adverts for that in, in Ashton. Is there? I drive past it. It's like a fading <laughs> advert on a telephone box. <laughs> It's called Gunpowder, or Gunpowder, yeah. as you would say. <laughs> That's the uh, sequel. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, so Mexican Revolution. Yeah, back to... Let's get back to so Felipe and Esmeralda. Zapata. Elvia. Elvia. But Alvarado, the general, so he did that. He lowered the age of majority, oh, yeah. and he formed the first Mexican Congress. So feminist Congress. Feminist. Thank you. It's a good job you're here. Um, so, and Felipe at this time was still fighting the revolution. And so Felipe returned to Yucatan in 1915 and Alvarado had him arrested as a supporter of Zapata, who was a revolutionary leader. Yes. Elvia intervened and Felipe became a propagandist, labour organiser and agriculture commissioner in Alvarado's government. So he's now working in Alvarado's government. How did he get a job there though if he'd just been arrested? Because Elvia said, don't arrest him, he can work for you. Elvia had connections with him because she was the one who Elvia's influenced... Elvia's sister? Yeah, she had connections with the general, Alvarado. But Alvarado's she... a bad guy, you know? Well, he's not great if he's arresting exactly. Felipe for, for, for association with the revolutionary. But then, so is... When you say Felipe's become a propagandist for Alvarado... Yeah, he's just got a job with him. Oh, well, I don't like him anymore. Well, wait a second. <laughs> so, he's working for this general, for the, but at the, the same Gulf. time, with the help of Elvia and others, Felipe built the political party that became um, the Partido Socialista del Sureste. That's the Socialist Party. party. So, by 1920, it had grown to dominate regional politics. 
So he's working, but on, on his side side, side projects, he's got his own agenda. His Socialism. He started his own party. Um, what have we done on our side projects? This. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just as successful. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, key to the party's success was the creation of highly organised self-help associations called resistance leagues. So these were a combination of labour unions or farmers' cooperatives plus social, political, economic aid and education clubs. And Elvia had a role in the party and she created the first like league for women in Muttle in 1912. Um, and what's, she's, sorry, what's a league for women? So it's like a feminist league. So they all have like five side games. No. Um, <laughs> they focused on many tasks to promote women's rights. Oh. Um, and they spread. So she went, she went traveling a lot and she'd go and meet women and say, um, like she'd conduct campaigns for literacy and birth control and just like try and try and tackle um issues for women so that's but so obviously there's the the farmers cooperatives and the social political economic aid which focusing on everyone Mm. and then there's the feminist ones which are looking out for the gals women she's very ahead of her time some would say yes so um they first started in yucatan and then they spread through southeastern mexico and into central mexico years later and then there was a conference in 1918 which granted women the right to vote and hold office in the resistance leagues and um, they started campaigning for full civil voting rights. Um, so this was an important landmark. Um, so she went travelling with the league and she wanted to organise the Mayan women into leagues and prepare them for civic responsibility. So essentially like um, she wanted to prepare a lot of them to take office because essentially they wanted them to be able to vote and um, hold office in like the government in the future mm-hmm. um, the leagues would identify women of special aptitude and train them to fill elective posts um, and in attempts to uplift the women the league Rita Satina Gutierrez which was that named after a tutor and um, a mentor yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, that was founded in 1919 and it gave talks on childcare, economics and hygiene for poor women, it inspected schools and helped to establish a state orphanage. And mm. um, family planning programs were instituted with legalised birth controls and these were the first in the Western Hemisphere. So they're busy working on the resistance leagues That's and the political party. so early for birth control. Mm-hmm. It I must is, have been a problem. I take my sort of historical knowledge of birth control from Dirty Dancing. It's like set in the 50s, is it? Yeah. And um, they struggle in America America to have an abortion, don't they? Yeah, but I don't think birth control is just like abortion. No, it's not. It's a bit preventive, yes. I have another fun fact. Oh, Oh, God. About birth control. You know, some of the uh, earliest... um, It's because my girlfriend's doing a bachelor project about birth control and stuff. And uh, the earliest signs of birth control were ancient Egyptians... And they used a uh, crocodile dung. Over how? <laughs> I think just put it on. If they people. smell of it, then nobody yeah. wants to. Oh, touch right. it. oh <laughs> my gosh. No, they thought that they uh, they crush it down and it would uh, stop them from becoming pregnant. All oh, right. Did it? Did it work? Don't know. I don't know. Wow. So you put the what? crocodile dung on people? Yeah, I don't. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Why crocodile? Why not? Cat. <laughs> <laughs> Cats were sacred, weren't they? 
We chatted about this the other yeah, week, didn't we? Yeah, crocodiles are a bit scary, so maybe. Yeah, it's a bit of a risk trying to collect crocodile dung. Oh, yeah. have quite bad smelling dung, mm. a crocodile. But I don't think it worked, so. Ah, so I don't try well, that. It doesn't work. So. Oh, good, good. Anyone else get any contraception stories? Um, <laughs> that <facts>. notion of <laughs> word of your life. <laughs> <laughs> Should we carry All on? All right, moving yeah, on. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, by the time Felipe became governor in 1922, the resistance leagues had 70,000 members in Yucatan and adjacent states. 70,000? Yeah. I don't even have that many friends on Facebook. Why would you? <laughs> You're not popular. a movement. I'd try. <laughs> quite popular. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot you were famous. Um, so he became the governor, as I said before, on the 1st of February 1922. And... Um, it, a, a report said, doubtless advised by his sister, um, Governor Carrillo quickly acted to advance women's rights. He legalised birth control and founded the first legal family planning cl- clinics, as I've said. Um, noting that the constitution did not explicitly prohibit the participation of women in political processes, he signed legislation establishing for the first time in Mexico the rights of women to vote and hold office. He placed women in responsible positions in his government, um, so an example is Amalia Gomez Flota de Aguilar, who was a principal organiser of the Feminist Congress of 1916. Um, she became Secretary for Public um, Education. It's, a, it's so bad that um, they didn't even think that women could like possibly become a part of the political process, so they didn't put any... They didn't think they needed any legislation to stop them from being a part of it. Yeah. Yeah, and it's just interesting that this is just one part of Mexico. So he's doing all this mm. really good stuff for women, and then the rest of, like, if they moved to a different state, mm. like, they couldn't do it. Like, they'd be back to not being able to vote. That's quite... When When did uh, women get the vote in England? Um, 1928. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, good. Correct answer. Um, do you reckon... That's a full vote. There was yeah. a big influx yeah. of women moving into Yucatan. 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 At that t- this time, because they'd, they'd be like, oh, um, like, what's a, what's a Mexican sounding name? Um, what am I going for, male or female? Um, Juliana. Juliana? Oh, <laughs> Juliana. Wait, that's not, I don't know. Now I've lost it. I've read loads. Amalia Rosa. Frida, Elvia. Bella. Maria, right. Maria. That's it, none of us. Innis. Maria. Oh, yeah, Innis. <laughs> Innis yeah, is yeah. true. All right. There's a Spanish magician, a Spanish female magician called Innis. Like in Spain and like South America, Innis is like a girl's name. Yeah. But spelt differently. Is Innis it's a, a boy's name in England? I, mean, I don't know anyone else. Scotland is Scottish. But anyway, so Maria's in another Mexican state. And Go she's on. like, oh, my friend, my friend Innes, yeah. she lives in Yucatan. She's 25, late 20s. And um, <laughs> <laughs> she, 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 uh, she, she can, she's an adult, but I'm 25 and I'm sat here, Mexico Playing City. Playing with Lego. And I can't do anything, yeah. Episode 16's Lego. Yeah, I'm watching CBeebies on telly. <laughs> I want to move there. And then she takes her whole family and they go. I reckon that happened a lot. Yeah, because they can I hold don't... office, they can vote. Yeah, they could. How have old do you have to be to government? vote? I don't know. Okay. Um. So 
There was an example, so he placed a, a woman in the Secretary for Public Education position. And then in the election of 1922, Rosa Torre Gonzalez was a 32-year-old teacher and she'd volunteered as a nurse um, in Alvarado's army in 1915. And she went on to win the election of the City Council of Merida, which was in Yucatan. And she was the first woman to hold elective office in Mexico. Wow. Which is quite right. good. Like, 22, I thought... And 22 is better than the UK. Yeah, well... Yeah. We were so far behind, rubbish. <laughs> and then three women won election to the state legislature in, legislature in the 1923 election. Um, all were protégés of Rita Satina, the tutor. And most famous was the focus of our report, Elvia. So she was widely noted for her energy, oratory and intelligence. And she won the election by an overwhelming... 5,115 votes. What was to that? What was that to be, though? Um, election to the state legislature. What does that mean? So, I'm assuming the government split up. So, our government split up with the judiciary, the legislature, and the executive. Oh. So, the legislature is the House of Commons, the House of Laws, where the laws and mm. laws are made. Judiciary is the judges, and executive is the prime minister. So, she was She's in part the, of the government, basically. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Was she the first either? No. Okay. I don't know. Well, there were three. Three women. So, um, so the other ones were Beatrice Peninche de Ponce and Raquel Zib Cicero. Perfect. <laughs> um, so in another action favoured by feminist, Felipe legalised divorce. And both Felipe and Elvia were among the first to take advantage of the new law. Felipe was doubtless motivated by his romantic relationship with Alma Reed, a journalist from U the United States. And at the time, he was estranged from his wife, Isabel Palmer, who'd been living in Havana for several years. Havana with Isabel Palmer. <laughs> um, when he married Isabel Palmer, his family were really against it, but he married her anyway. And they did stay together when they had children together, but then obviously... They got divorced. They then got divorced. Did a classic Henry VIII move there, didn't mm. it? Yeah, typical. Yeah, legalised it so yeah. we could have it. Um, so, Felipe was only in office for 20 months, but um, in this brief time, he was, he was able to make remarkable advances in education, land reform, labour law, and road building, as well as in women's rights. He brought revolution to the rural poor. He was committed to restoring pride to the longest oppressed Maya people and equipping them to compete in the modern world and he opened Maya archaeological sites to the world and founded an academy of the Mayan language so there is like he's obviously influenced by his family like his dad with his May Mayan ancestry and his sister with the women's rights do you think any of this information you've got is prejudiced in any way is biased in any way highly likely towards the um these two and it might have ignored anything bad that, was... that they might have done. Yeah, probably. Did they ever kill people? Mm, well, he did, them. didn't he? He went to prison for it. Well, yeah, well, but, yeah, that but was... he was trying to kill him. Yeah. It's one of them. But and it, like people, did they ever go after people to kill him? Yeah. Did they what? silence critics or anything like that? Did they Not ever, that I know did they ever I rob a I shop? I don't know. Did they ever what? Rob a shop. Honestly, I don't know. Um... Could you speculate? We quite like them at the moment, so I think we should leave yeah, it at that. Yeah, I think we like them. Right, so he was only in office for like did 20 he, months. Did he like help old ladies across the road? Yeah, kind of no, I think he was too busy for that, though. Oh, okay. Go on, Dan. <laughs> he visited his nan every weekend. <laughs> yeah, oh, did that's it? a good one. Yeah. 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 Did you like him now in this? Mm. 
What day? Sunday. Day rest, yeah. <laughs> yeah, alright, I like that. Right. So... Why was he only in office for 20 months? I will get to that. Okay. Ooh. Sizzle. Oh. Um, so, there was opposition by the wealthy elite and leading newspapers, and he was portrayed as a wild-eyed radical, and some suggested a Russian invasion was imminent. Um, but his actions and his sincerity earned him the respect of the general population, which I think, if it was all true and there's no bad things, it's understandable. Um, but there were simmering political conflicts which boiled to the surface and brought Felipe down. Extreme factional violence had been widespread in Yucatan during the period before his election. Um, and then in 1923, opponents of the government seized an opportunity to re um, retaliate against the victors. So opponents to like Felipe joined a revolt linked to the eminent um, Mexican presidential election. So there was an armed uprising um, against the establishment candidate um, in the Mexican election. And in Yucatan, aristocrats encouraged a general who supported the insurrection to eliminate the troublesome socialist governor. Um, so Felipe's political party, though strong and disciplined, lacked military training and was no match for army troops. Mm. Um, he was apprehended and condemned in a summary trial and he was shot on the 3rd of January 1924 oh. besides three of his brothers and nine other associates, oh, including that's... the mayor of Merida. So was that a death penalty? Yeah. For what? what? Felipe got shot. Yeah, yeah. that escalated quickly. Yeah. Three of his that. brothers? Yeah. That's like... Oh, like a half of his brothers. <laughs> yeah. It's like a quarter of the whole. ten children left. Um, so, basically, there was a Mexican... Like a national election. And the... Um, there was an armed uprising. Um, Against him? By... So, like... Well, there was this leader in the army who's called Adolfo de la Huerta. Never and he tr was supported... trust anyone called Adolfo. <laughs> he was supported <laughs> by the military, the church and US oil interests. And these were all asking for like an armed mm. uprising against the establishment candidate who was called Plutarco Elias Calles. So the, the people in Yucatan who were against Felipe, they jumped on that and then they started... An insurrection to eliminate Felipe. Oh, okay. So it's basically anyone who was against socialism. Mm. United Aristocrats. Yeah, and then um, the Felipe and his party weren't strong enough because they had no military training. It's a bit of a shame. And he got killed. So he died. He was in the army, though, wasn't he? He was in like a rebel yeah, army in also, the mountains. Also, like one it's... person against a... an. Army. The rest of his. Have you party never seen Rambo? Weren't. I've not now. Well, I have not. Okay. Explain. Just one man against an army. And he's fine. Uh, I don't think Felipe was Rambo though. John Rambo. But anyway, his death no. um, yeah. signalled a change in the local government as well as women's rights. Um, whilst he permitted women's rights in Yucatan, he'd not been able to have those rights reflected in the Constitution of Mexico. And after his death, those rights were revoked by the incoming leadership of Juan Ricardez Broca. With the new government in power, women were removed from positions in municipal and state government offices. Women's suffrage was revoked and social programmes through women's leagues were no longer supported. How? So basically everything was reversed. How can you, like... How can he justify reversing that though? What is his explanation for reversing mm. like these these leagues, reversing all women's suffrage? Like, why is he going? What will he say to? 
Well, he would say that it's that. not in the Mexican constitution. He's saying that like, they'll go back to what's national mm. for yeah, Mexico. What's in Yucatan. Yeah. yeah. But why? But yeah, exactly. If I they're don't, helping but they don't like, they don't support know, it they'd rather yeah. not have women in positions mm. of power and not spend the money on family so what clinics. happens to our kids I'll talk about it so okay. the De La Huerta Aldolfo um, his revolt was over in a matter of, matter of months but um, 7,000 Mexican people died um, and the women in the state legislature were prevented from serving and a decade of decline, um, repression and inaction in Yucatan followed. Um, but the organisation he established was ready for reactivation in the 1930s with the arrival of the next reformer, Lazaro Cardenas. So his like political organisation came back in the 1930s. Um, after Felipe's death, Elvia fled Yucatan after suffering two physical attacks. She moved to San Luis Potosi, which was the new centre of the women's rights movement, um, where the governor briefly recognised the political rights of women and she ran for federal deputy in 1925. During the campaign, gunshots were fired, her, fired at her eight times. All missed and she won the election by 4,576 nice. votes to 56, which is a big landslide. 56. Really? Was she shot eight times in one sitting or is it eight yeah. different shots? It just says during the campaign, so I don't know how long that mm. campaign was. So it was. could have been one shot here, one shot yeah. there. She's dodging them left and right. And 56 there. people getting together to be like, yeah. we've got to kill her. Yeah, wow. I don't know. But she was shot. She went on to win, so she, she won the position of federal deputy. But in Mexico City, the change, Chamber of Deputies refused to seat her due to suffrage and office holding being restricted to males. While local governments have permitted such roles, they were not recognised nationally. Which is just such a shame that she's like gone through all that and then she gets there and they're just like, no, no, you're not allowed in. I like how um, brave she is to, even after like her brother's been killed, for she's still going stick, for sticking it. Sticking to her, uh, to her ideology and, and mm. views. And mm-hmm. I think I would have probably given up. I would have been like, I'm not being shot at. Yeah. But I think it, she'd already gone a bit too far. So like after her brother died, she was attacked in Yucatan. Mm. She's already, like, her, her name's associated with it. Yeah. But we'll still give her credit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, she moved to Mexico City and continued to work for women's rights the rest of her life. Neglected and living in poverty, she survived some years by giving music lessons. Oh, what did she play? I don't know. Guitar. Probably. Um, An automobile accident in 1941 left her almost blind. Um, She had regained some political favour by 1952 when the federal government honoured her a Revolutionary Merit Award. What's she called again? Elvia. Elvia. I know we've got through 50 minutes or something like that. Elvia, actually, when she was living in poverty teaching, she actually wrote Wonderwall for the uh, Gallagher Oh, really? Yeah. So, that's a bit of a fun fact. Music. (laughs) Um, Mexican women finally achieved full voting rights in 1953. (laughs) I'm just moving on. The Chamber of Deputies unanimously approved an amendment to the Constitution, and President Cortinas signed the legislation. President Adolfo. Adolfo Ruiz Cortinez signed the legislation. Mm. Um, The definition of citizenship in Article 34 of the Constitution of 1917 
used the word Mexicanos, the masculine form, implying males only. This amendment simply added the words varones y mujeres, men and women. I'm glad you can speak Spanish. I'm glad um, I didn't do this report. Um, Elvia died in Mexico City in 1968 at the age of 86. She had lived to vote in a presidential election. Mm, so she got what she wanted in the end. Yes. But it that... took her a long time. Well, like her whole life. Well, 80, yeah, 80 odd years. Yeah. She's lived a long time, hasn't she, really? Yeah, good innings. Yeah, it's alright, like, mm. 80 years. Especially yeah, I'm glad as a she revolutionary. I wonder if she voted for. Well, I reckon if we knew the candidates, we could probably guess. Mm, not Adolfo. Well, but he no, because he passed it. it. It's a different Adolfo. Oh, right, okay. It was Adolfo de la Huerta. Uh, you said never trust an Adolfo, so... I'm trusting this one. <laughs> it's because his last name's Cortinez. Yeah. That's a good one. No, she was a very inspirational woman. Never heard of her. Where did you come up with the... Where did you hear of the report? So I was actually doing a different report and then I heard of this and I was going to try and fit and then was like, no, this is already too big. So then I did this one instead. What report was it going to be? <sighs> it was something to do with the Mexican Revolution, which I think I will come back to at some point okay. in the future. So what's this uh, episode going to be called? Yeah. Well, I don't know because it it's about like two people, really. Can you call it Felipe and... I can't remember her name. Elvia. Elvia. I keep wanting to call her Eleanor and it's not Eleanor. Elvia. Eleanor's a Spanish name though. Eleanor. Oh, Eleanor. Eleanor. But anyway, you could call it Felipe and Elvia. Spanish. Like, it's not that catchy. Feminine. It's not that catchy. Like, it needs, needs a little twist. I didn't like know feminism. it. Yeah, Writer yeah, of Wonder Woman. Feminism in Mexico. <laughs> Feminist movement. figures. Yeah, movement in Mexico. Yeah. Um, Elvia Carrillo Puerto and Felipe, whatever, whatever, whatever. Or you could just call it Mexico Feminists. Yeah. What's the. Uh, so they. Um, she died in Mexico City. Yeah. The um, Can you name any other countries where the capital has the name of the Luxembourg. country? Luxembourg. Brasilia. Panama. Right, we all did it. <laughs> oh, okay. Vatican City as well? Yeah. Um, is there another one? Yeah. Yeah, there will be. I don't even know if Panama's right. Panama City. Panama City. No. City. Is that not in... Yeah, maybe. I thought Panama City was Panama City, Florida, though. Uh, oh, I've never heard of that. No, I've got Panama... Mm, Sorry, this has gone a bit... Panama City is the capital of Panama, but there is cap Panama oh. City, Florida as well. So, two, two correct right. answers. Um, but yeah, well done, Dan. Good question. <laughs> That was a good question. It was quite good, actually. That was. Brasilia sort of counts. Mm. We'll let you off. Yeah, but it's got the it name was, in it. Yeah. He has yeah. the name in it. Yeah, okay. Call it counts. And, uh... Well. Um, anything else anyone wants to say? I've got a big question. I have oh, yeah. I didn't even think that about was, that. Mine was the little question. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we'll put the theme song in for the little question now. The little question. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. <laughs> That's live. Um, <laughs> live performance. You can have that clip for whenever you have No, I'll never questions. use it. <laughs> I'll do a fun fact one as well. Fun fact. <laughs> you can put that one in. Maybe, put, say, maybe we should trademark it Dan's fun fact. <laughs> you don't want to do that. I've got a med now. <laughs> um, so, you got a big question for this week? I'll put the theme song in now. <laughs> the big, big question. question. <laughs> Today's big question. Do, 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 do. 
Um, so the big question for this week is uh, taking inspiration from Elvia and Filippo being siblings. Felipe. Felipe. <laughs> Did I say Filippo? Yeah. Um, who cool name, are your favourite um, celebrity siblings? I don't know, man. Go on. Paul and Barry. That's what I was thinking. The Shuffle Brothers. Legends. They've recently been on a television show, but I'm not sure what it was. They um they're doing tours of England, going to nightclubs at the minute. Love it. uh, Yeah, basically just having photos of people and getting paid for it. The uh, the Chuckle Brothers actually have two older brothers as well. Oh, do they? And they were called something else, brothers. Oh really? Hmm. I didn't know that. That's That's another fun fact. (laughs) <laughs> the Chuckle Brothers. For anyone not in the UK, um, our American listeners across the pond were um, what they were sort of children's, children's television and duo comedians. Yeah. The really yeah. popular uh, TV show called Chuckle Vision. Oh yeah, oh. Chuckle Vision, Chuckle, Chuckle Vision. <laughs> uh, they were on Benny Dorm recently. Were the uh, television show uh, Benny Dorm. What were they doing there? Just. I, I don't know. No, they were just on. They want to go on Celebrity Big Brother. Yeah, but apparently whiskey's a deal breaker. I didn't click on the link, but that's what it said. They want to go on Celebrity Big Brother, but whiskey's a deal breaker. Don't understand. Take what that, that means. from that what you will. I assume they want whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else got any favorite? These are twins that you're all saying. So, other tw- yeah, you chuckle. Who did you say? I just said the chuckle. Yeah, they're, they're not twins. Oh, they're oh no, they're just brothers. brothers. Sorry, yeah. go on. Dan, favorite. Um, celebrity siblings. I need to bit more time. To okay, think. Lorna. I'm still thinking. Uh, I'm thinking. Oh, they're not siblings, are they? I was thinking in classic. So you have like um, Ant and Deck and get well soon. Um, <laughs> um, oh my God. Mark and Sam, and you Dick and Dom. Dick and Dom. Mark None and Sam. of them are siblings. Oh, no, Sam, Mark, isn't it, Sam and Mark. Um, these are classic. Uh, again, children television duos. Um, I'm really struggling to even think of any. Any brothers or oh, sisters? Like, um, sisters, Dakota and Elle Fanning. Oh, good job. But they're yeah. not my favourites, I'm just thinking of who I can name. The uh, Spears sisters, Brittany and... <laughs> Jamie Lynn. One. Jamie Lynn. What, what TV show was she on? She was on Zoe 101 and then she got pregnant and ruined it. I um, oh, still <laughs> saw. <laughs> I like uh, Donkey Kong and Diddy Kong. Oh, not siblings though. Rubbish. Are they father and son? This is <laughs> the way you said that. So there is, there's a lot of confusion. I was talking to Dan about this because we were playing some about the various um, Kongs. Yeah, about the yeah. and the Kong family. I've I've looked right. into the Mario family. Oh yeah, do you oh, want to explain Mario that? Brothers? Yeah, they're pretty good. Although they are called the Mario Brothers, but it's Mario and Luigi. Yeah, oh, that's so, weird, isn't it? Unless he's called Mario Mario. <laughs> I don't know why, but do you know, have you heard of a Wario, the... Wario, yeah, Wario. 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 Waluigi, yeah. Yeah, so basically, when they were kids, um, they, Mario and Wario are cousins. Yeah, yeah. When they were kids, um, Wario used to steal all Mario's food, and then he got fat, and then Mario and Luigi used to bully Wario oh, really? about his weight, and this is that's, why, that's why he turned evil. No, that's right. true. So wait, Mario that's... and Luigi are brothers. Yeah, but why then so that? so he's Luigi Wario's cousin as <laughs> well. So, must yeah. be, and Waluigi's their cousin as well. Yeah, and I think they probably Waluigi. just bullied him because yeah. he's a bit creepy. Wow, Waluigi! So creepy. I love him. So I love him. in terms of the Kongs, uh, the Kong yeah. family also knows the Kong clan or the DK crew. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
I'm trying to find. There's so many. There's Chunky Kong. There's Cranky Kong. Is obviously Elder Kong. Uh, Diddy Kong is Donkey Funky Kong's Kong. nephew. Oh, what about um, Funky Kong? Funky Kong is one of Donkey, Clo- Donkey Kong's closest friends and the friend of the Kongs. Any direct <laughs> relation is unknown. It's speculated to be the brother of Donkey Kong due to an identical appearance. Um, Kiddy Kong is Chunky Kong's <laughs> <laughs> younger brother. Lanky Kong is <laughs> Lanky Kong. <laughs> He's a, he's a distant cousin. Described by Cranky as a twisted twig on a distant branch of the family tree. You got Swanky Kong, you got Tiny Kong, you got Wrinkly Kong, you got Bluster Kong, Dread Kong, Karate Kong, Ninja Kong, and obviously Sumo Kong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then his former members, um, who may be part of the villainous Monkey Kong. <laughs> that is the worst one. <laughs> I wanted to find because on the old games that we were playing, it's DK Jr. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, Donkey Kong Jr. implied to be the current Donkey Kong's father. So on the other older games, do you play as DK Jr., who's Donkey Kong's but then father? And add Donkey Kong. And then you have Donkey Kong. Yeah, Diddy Kong, who's Donkey Kong's nephew. So none of these are brothers. <laughs> no. So moving on. I'm stuck on this. Well, hang on, hang on. There's one more thing on the Donkey Kong thing. What? How on earth does he resemble resemble a donkey? I never got it. All the others are like funky. Oh yeah, he's a bit swanky, swanky, yeah, lanky, whatever. They're all like they got something about them. But Donkey Kong, Candy Kong, oh Donkey Kong's girlfriend. <laughs> oh yeah, can, oh. Can, and uh, baby Donkey Kong is the current Donkey Kong's younger son. Um, oh, I don't know. Donkey Kong okay. was married to Wrinkly Kong. <laughs> <laughs> so sad. Wink, wrinkly died. <laughs> she was called Wrinkly Kong when she was born as well. <laughs> born or she was up. Yeah, Cranky Kong's Wrinkly Kong's widower and an elder of the Kongs. He's the original Donkey Kong from the 1981 arcade game of the same name. Some of this is fan theories, but mm. this is the uh, Wikipedia. This is the I want facts, uh, Donkey Kong wiki. Right, Matt, what's Sorry. your favourite um, So it's not Donkey Kong. Sibling duo. Um, I said S- mine, didn't I? The Spaces. Oh, yeah, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm going with the Olsons. The Olsons it was said as a joke, but they are excellent. Um, I can't think of any more brothers. There's a lot of um, Hemsworth brothers, isn't there? Oh, yeah, there's like they're three pretty. or four of them. Oh, really? Yeah. Only two actors, though. No, Lee, there's three. Liam, yeah, three. Chris, and Luke Hemsworth. He's in um, Westworld, isn't he? I have another, another pairing. Go on. The Gallagher Brothers. Oh, yeah, good one. But, fun fact, do you want to do your theme tune, Dan? Yeah, Matthew put it in now. <laughs> okay, there what, we go. What theme, what fun theme fact. tune? The fun fact. Oh, oh dance. Okay, yeah. Right. We'll um, fun fact. <laughs> Will that be done? Maybe, yeah, we'll, we'll see. see. Might not be. Um, the Gallagher Brothers have another brother that nobody knows about. Mm. Just a random older brother called... I don't know what he's called, but there's yeah. a lot of that, isn't there? There's a lot yeah. of like famous people that have like someone that's just not famous at all. But, yeah. Tom Hanks is an older brother. Wayne Rooney has a, an either older or younger brother whose job is a Wayne Rooney lookalike. <laughs> Are you joking? No. <laughs> he goes to like parties dressed up as his brother. What? Oh, that's, that's so sad. That's yeah, like a miserable thing. That, that, sad fact. <laughs> Damn sad fact. <laughs> that is really that sad. That is bad. <laughs> so one day, Matthew, when I'm famous, you can uh, be my. I look don't really I look like you, though, do I? Yeah. Shave your head and you'll be fine. Oh, the, the Kennedys. Mm, I think you look alike. 
I'm just looking at famous brothers and sisters. sisters. We'll wrap this up. There's actresses ones in um, Girls. What's she oh, um, Jemima Kirk and Lola Kirk. Yeah. Um, you've got Maggie and Jake Gyllenhaal. Oh, yes. Oh, then in case Emilio you Emilio Estevez and Charlie Sheen are related. I know that. It's because Charlie Sheen's not called Charlie Sheen. Oh. It's in case So, anyway. Um, yeah, this is trundled. It's trundled, is that the right word? Um, so, do you want to um, do any plugs? Uh, <laughs> Dan, you have Twitter. What's I, Twitter? I realised the last time I gave the wrong Twitter name. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> what? So I was wondering girl. why my, uh, what my why one follower it? hadn't doubled. <laughs> Um, Who's your one follower? Is it me? It's uh, Sean Pilling. Oh, I don't follow you now. Because um, um, I said it was Singio One, but it's not. It's um, I don't know actually. Right, it you, is you plug in. I'll get my right. Answer. So, <laughs> what we want from you is a review. Oh, that'd be lovely on iTunes. We or want whatever. you to tell your family this time, friends as friends well. Friends as well, but family. Family friends, even better. Family friends. That's a good one. Um, if you want to contact us, you go to at Idiot History Pod on on Twitter, and if you want to email us, you go to idiothistorypod at gmail dot com on your email. Um, and if you want to like suggest a topic or you you have a favourite brother or you want to argue about the Donkey Kongs family, um, come to us. We're ready for you. Um, Get in touch. Yeah, just. What else? What else do we Thanks say? for listening. Yeah, yeah, Thanks for always coming back as well. I also want to say well done to Lorna for pronouncing quite a lot of Spanish yeah. names today. Did a good Badly. job. Well, I mean, I couldn't have done any better. Definitely not. No. So, uh, I think that was quite good. Dan, well my, done. Uh, my, oh, thanks. <laughs> my Twitter handle is uh-huh. at Danny Singh. <laughs> Just wait a second, you're ruining my plug. At Danny Singh, 001. I've got one follower and I'm following... Six pe- 16 people so how uh, many tweets have you done what's a tweet no I've not done any tweets oh well don't follow him then you've not <laughs> no 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 do follow me I want to see uh... you need to tweet something then okay if I get one follower <laughs> I'll do a tweet <laughs> they're like no Is that like, works? that's a promise um, yeah thanks for listening uh, and, and come back next week um, we'll have a, another interesting topic um either from myself or Ennis so um, thanks for listening and we'll speak to you then Bye. Bye. bye bye happy Easter bye